welcome back to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives and, if we're lucky, let us glimpse into some part of their creative process. And, you know, when I picked the date for the start of This Song Season 2, November 16th, I, I just didn't really know how heavy things would be in this country. I mean, it was the week after the election, so maybe I should have known, but I didn't know. You know, and so last week was heavy, made even heavier by the deaths of Leonard Cohen and Leon Russell. I mean, 2016 has been relentless in its heaviness. And we here at Team This Song, um, we had to make a last minute pivot. We changed the lineup of this first episode a bit. We were going to feature Lizzo and Adrian and Buck from the band Big Thief and Then, like I said, Leonard Cohen died on Thursday, and really, we need to honor him, and we need to grieve. So we decided to start the season with the interview with Paul Banks and RZA, otherwise known as Banks and Steels, because they both spoke about their deep love for Leonard Cohen. And then we'll bring you Lizzo, because she is an artist who reminds us all about what is good and life-giving in the world. The Big Thief interview, which is really great, by the way, will come out very soon. We promise. First up, Banks and Steels. This group is a collaboration between Paul Banks of Interpol and RZA, the rapper, producer, and de facto leader of Wu-Tang Clan. They released a record earlier this year called Anything But Words that melds RZA's beats and rhymes with Paul Banks' hooks and... It really works. They came to the Austin City Limits Festival. If you don't know, that's like this two-weekend behemoth of a festival that happens every fall here in Austin, Texas, the city where we make this podcast. And I got to talk to them backstage about music that transformed them. And they both talked about Leonard Cohen. And we only really had 10 minutes, but they packed so much good Leonard Cohen into our short chat together. So here they are, Banks and Steels. I think an artist that me and Paul both love and appreciate and without singularly pointing out one of his songs, because he has a, a great catalog, is an artist named Leonard Cohen. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree, yeah. Everybody knows that the dice are loaded Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed Everybody knows the war is over Everybody knows the good guys lost Everybody knows the fight was fixed The poor stay poor, the rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows. Is it just like his entire body of work? Is it his early work? Everybody like, what do you knows. most... I remember there, there's like a, a process of kind of discovery. I was, I think, a senior in high school when I first found Leonard Cohen. And uh, there's something about his voice. He's got a very, you know, a great tone to his voice, but he's got lyrics. You know, Bob Dylan is someone that you, if you're a musician, you get exposed to like, okay, I gotta check out Bob Dylan because he's Bob Dylan. And then Leonard Cohen came along and it was sort of this like, you know, it's a flavor similar to Bob Dylan in terms of one of the great lyrical heavyweights. But what Leonard Cohen had for me, for instance, is um, 
it's an interesting phenomenon with male singers like some of them have sexuality in their work and some don't some great artists kind of seem asexual and then some you know don't some seem sexual Leonard was like a sexual poet of the caliber of like a Bob Dylan um, and then I really love his guitar playing as well which influenced me personally as a player um, so I just I remember kind of discovering him and it was one of those things where your brain just grows I'm turning tricks I'm getting fixed I'm back on boogie street you lose your grip and then you slip into the masterpiece. And for me, the first time, you know, I'm, you know, living in New York City, I discovered Leonard probably around 1991. And it was just because uh, I'm a DJ and I'm a producer and I'm trying to look for crazy samples. And I think it was some guy on the streets in the village of New York you know, got people who have to be out there with their albums for sale. And I'm one of the guys that's stopping by. <laughs> and I bought all these records. And uh, Lenny Cohen was in that collection. You know what I mean? And there's a song, uh, Who, by Who By Fire, that just started with the craziest sounding guitar and sonics that, you know, I immediately wanted to put that into my sampler. Slovak, lock it down, lames, get off Jerry match, range rack, fist of Firiac pole, 600 glow, Wally Mac, poly like that It's real, diabolical, logical, strange choco Kill as possible, flip a wig, blindfold Rewind the scroll, clip Then I just started like looking for more sounds from him Because he, he does have a very unique tone with the guitar uh, And I started listening to his lyrics And I became fascinated with Leonard because his way of painting the picture, his way of describing uh, the moment. There's a song called Famous Blue Raincoat. Oh, Last time I saw you, you looked so much older. Your famous blue raincoat was torn at the shoulder. Oh, the last time we saw you, you looked so much older. Your famous blue raincoat was torn at the shoulder. You'd been to the station to meet every train and you came home without Lily Marlene and you treated and then you saw Jane and you treated my woman <laughs> with a would say to a flake, to a flake of your life when she came, she came back, back she, she was nobody's wife and when she came back She was nobody. Uh, yeah. And Jane came by with a lock of your hair. She said that you gave it to her the night that you planned to go clear. Did you ever go clear? <laughs> yes, and Jane came by with a lock of your hair. She said that you gave it to her. That night that you plan to go clear. Did you ever Is it then the lyrical clear? content that for both of you like him I mean he's a poet first and but then 
I think that kind of gives him an, a leg up as a lyricist, yeah. probably. And both of you are lyricists. So was it like discovering someone that was doing something that you were doing at such a high level that you couldn't quite I just think, comprehend it? And now that I remember, it was I knew Suzanne from probably when I was like 12. Mm -hmm. So before I was a senior, I did know Leonard. And I think, so I didn't know I was going to be a lyricist or wanted to even. I just, I could tell like there, it, there is nothing better than that. There's like, you don't find lyrics better than Leonard Cohen. And I think to this day, I can sort of say that. There's a couple people that are up there, but not really. And Jesus was a sailor when he walked upon the water and he spent a long time watching from his lonely wooden tower and when he knew for certain only drowning men could see him he said all men will be sailors then until the sea shall free them but he himself was broken Long before the sky would open, forsaken, almost human, he sank beneath your wisdom like a stone. Um, and as far as the guitar player, there's another song that we've kind of talked about a lot, which is called The Partisan. Right. And that really influenced me. Uh, I have a song called On the Esplanade, which is basically just my biting that, that rhythm, which I think it's like a waltz rhythm, basically. But just kind of, there's a... He really made it, he's a beautiful guitar player, uh, so it's not all lyrics, it's also music. When they poured across the border, I was cautioned to surrender, this I could not do. I took my gun and vanished. up like in a kind of real snobby poet scene in Canada. I don't know if you know this. And like when he decided to start making songs, I think his peers were like, dude, that's like, what are you doing? That's like a film actor doing like, you know, a dentine commercial. Right. Yeah. They looked down on him and he just, he had to do it. I have changed my name so often. I've lost my wife and children, but I have many friends. And some of them with me. That song is actually the inspiration to uh, to my lyrical approach on One by One. Yeah. Because he describes this military thing that he's going through and the lady who hit him underneath the floor and, and when the soldiers came in, she died without a whimper. She didn't tell on nobody, she died and it, you know, you know, it said, you know, it's, it, he lost his friends and everything. And to me, that the way he, he painted that picture, and he still got to go on. Like you know, he's still that soldier that got to fight for his for his life. An old woman gave us shelter, kept us hidden in the garret. Then the soldiers came. She died without a whisper. There were three of us this morning. I'm the only one this evening, but I must go on. 
The frontiers are my prison. That inspired me on our song, We Got One by One, what I'm saying, it's ice cold on the battlefield, 20 below is a wind chill, and, 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 and men are fighting, but now you're laying where you once, you were standing in one spot, now you're laying in blood in the same spot you were standing. Ice cold on the battlefield, 20 below was the wind chill, Winchester rifle with the hot lead, it burnt the hole in their fucking heads, bullets ring on the battlefield, the survivor is the one who kills, now they drown in their own blood. Men laying where they once stood. He inspired my lyrical approach on that. And that's for MC, like I'm not a biter. I never bit nobody's shit. I, I can say that out loud. You could you bleep the word. But inspiration can come from the most peculiar places. And Lenny Cohen lyrically inspired me. And, and when I did the last Wu Tang album, I actually played three or four of his songs. So some of the guys get here. The, 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 the mental place he's at with his lyrics. He's at a certain place. The, the Stranger song, when he does The Stranger song, he's like, uh, it's hard, it's, it's hard for, uh, uh, to, to take the, take the, to believe in any man who's reaching for the sky just to surrender. He's like, like, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna believe you when you're reaching to the sky to surrender. I told you before when I came, I was a stranger. You know what I mean? It's true that all the men you knew were dealers who said they were through with dealing every time you gave them shelter. I know that kind of man. It's hard to hold the hand of anyone who's reaching for the sky just to surrender. Who is reaching for the sky just to surrender. So anyway, he's, a, he's a one of those guys. Man, I wish I could talk to you guys about Leonard Cohen all day, but I think you've got a bunch of other things to do. So thank you so much for taking the time. Base and stills in the building, flash the camera. I'ma drop the hammer. Things done change the hip hop since I let Bobby out the slammer. Hip hop start on the East Coast and then move west now down to Bama. I'ma bring it back to New York, hold those bus and throw your hands up. Pass me a cup of the goose in the club with the juice in the bug and bent out. Then I'ma slide with a dime to my ride and head up to my penthouse. Oh, I'm not trying to take it slow. Working hard, taking dough. So much Leonard Cohen goodness and kind of revelatory goodness for me. For instance, I had never really considered how sexual Leonard Cohen's voice is, but like, it totally is, right? Or, you know, I'd never really thought about the impact that a sample could have on someone. Like, one guitar lick on a random record opened up Riz's world to the poetry and magic of Leonard Cohen. And 20 years later, that music that he just happened to buy from a street vendor became a point of connection for him and Paul Banks. Like, I don't know, there are just some artists that possess the ability to connect people with themselves and with each other. And we just count ourselves lucky to have shared time with them on this earth. Glenn Hansard also talked about a life-changing Leonard Cohen song and his experience around that song. And you can hear that story if you check out the This Song archive on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. We've also talked to people like Mark Mothersbaugh and Alessia Cara and Kevin Parker from Tame Paula. And, you know, if you go there and you're checking out older episodes, then go ahead and take a moment to subscribe to this song. That way you'll get next week's episode with Alex from Two Door Cinema Club delivered right to you. And if you like this episode, like, we would really love a rating or a review. 
Okay, now, we have grieved for Leonard Cohen. Let us find life with Lizzo. She's a rapper out of Minneapolis, and she just released a new EP called Coconut Oil, and we've been playing her song Good As Hell here at KUTX. Like, seriously, do yourself a favor. Listen to that song. It'll make you feel good as hell. And she also was at the Austin City Limits Music Festival, and honestly, her performance... It was one of my favorites. Like, I felt all exhilarated and empowered and all the good things you want to feel when you see live music. And she came backstage and talked to Jackie Fuller about songs that changed her life and songs that influenced her on her personal journey. And then they ended up talking about the importance of place, where she makes her music. And just a heads up, Jackie also lived in Minneapolis. You'll find out why that's important soon. So here she is, Lizzo. This is something I was born with, you know. You can't buy this at the store, so hey. There were two albums that were really crucial to my development as an artist and as a musician. Uh, one was obviously the miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Just to hear how effortlessly and how um, so skillfully she could rap and sing. It's been three weeks since you were looking for your friend. The one you let hit it and never called you again. Remember when he told you he was about to And I thought I always, that was like my goal. I was like, hashtag goals. I want to rap and sing as good as Lauryn Hill. You know, we all have mountains to climb because I'm definitely not there yet. But to Zion is one of the greatest love songs ever written. She wrote it to her unborn son. Um, she she like progresses into three octaves throughout the song. The first verse is very low. Sure, what the balance held. I touched my belly, overwhelmed by what I had been chosen to perform. And then the chorus, she takes it up. Now the joy of my world is inside. And then in the end, she hits this like whistle tone. Like, oh! <laughs> I'm like, oh God! It's incredible how she kind of escalates her love. And, you know, I think it's really important to know that one of the greatest love songs ever written wasn't just about romantic love. Sure. It was about like ultimate love, which is creation from a, a mother to her son, which is really special. Another album. OK Computer by Radiohead oh, okay. came to me when I needed it in the height of my musical confusion and discombobulation. There's a song called Subterranean Homesick Alien that is literally my favorite song. The breath of the morning, I keep forgetting the smell of the warm summer It's to this day, I played it for my friend the other night. I was like, this is my favorite song and you will respect it. And I put it on and there's just something about the chord progressions where Radiohead is really good at creating like this, um, I don't know how to describe, I'm not gonna use like nerdy musical terms. I'm gonna describe it in the way that most people like to talk about music, but it always sounds like Arabian Nights or something. Like, you know what I'm saying?
y'all know that it's like a harmonic they go to like a harmonic minor but it's like and it's so beautiful um first of all musically but then lyrically he's talking about all of the things i was super into space and when i was younger i wanted to be an astronomer and i was like super into the stars my first word was star and saturn's my favorite planet and we were like i was like gonna do that if it wasn't for this writing and music thing and um he talks about aliens in the song but it's a metaphor um on how humans should be perceiving humans it's like we're so far advanced and yet we have like so far to go it's like these people they watch their feet for cracks in the pavement you watch your feet for cracks in the pavement it's just like why are we walking with our heads down you know um tom york is such a beautiful writer such a beautiful lyricist it's hard to understand him <laughs> but when you do understand what he's saying it's so profound and um the lyrics in that song really spoke to me when i was younger and it's literally my favorite song of all time i grew up in in detroit or when i was young i was born in detroit and we couldn't listen to secular music. I only listened to gospel. Okay. So I grew up with a lot of whinings. I listened to the whinings, BB and CC. I listened to the Clark Sisters. You so you sort of found hip hop on your own or? Yeah, I had to find hip-hop when I moved to Texas. When I moved to Houston, I was able to discover hip-hop, obviously, by going to school. I remember this one dude on my bus was like, he did a Jay-Z line from Big Pimpin'. Ah, let's rock. Ah, ah, yeah. ah, ah, ah. And I was on the bus and I was like, wait, what's that? Finding hip-hop was a big deal to me because I loved to freestyle and I loved to write poetry. But then um, I'm, a, I'm a classically trained flautist. I played flute from the eight, like from fifth grade all the way up to college. I went to the University of Houston and for flute performance. So I am a huge music nerd. Like I listen to a lot of like uh, Rus Russian romance composers. Um, my favorite song my favorite piece is written by this guy named kalinikov who only did like a few pieces in his short life um i listen to a lot of james galway the man with the golden flute And I was just, I'm, it was all over the place. And then uh, somewhere in middle school or high school, I discovered Incubus. Okay. <laughs> and Stellar was just like the sweetest thing. 
I like songs about space. You do like songs about But he goes like, meet yeah. me in, in outer, outer space. We could spend a night, watch the earth come up. And from there, I kind of fell into all of the things my sister liked, Bjork. And if you complain, Radiohead and um, my brother loved the Mars Volta and at the drive-in, so I fell into that too. And then um, I joined a rock band. <laughs> I was lost in the sauce of indie rock for about three years of my life, and then I moved to Minneapolis. And all of the styles that I had grown up on, from gospel to classical music to hip hop to indie rock, um, Minneapolis. Found, like allowed me to combine all of those into yeah. who I am now and um because they marry weirdness well yeah. as you can tell Prince is so was is such a weird mute artist but like he found a way to blend all of his influences into the Prince sound. Uh -huh. And I think that Minneapolis is really good at that. Yeah. You know, you purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka <laughs> and somewhere all of your weirdness becomes you. Yeah. And as a scene, as a music scene, it feels, it felt to me when I was living there very conducive to just to play. Like you could just hook up with somebody else and try a different genre on and just do whatever you wanted to do. You weren't you weren't pigeonholed. That was the cool. That is the cool thing about Minneapolis. There are no factions there. Yeah. Like if you like, if you think about it, like building better bombs, which was like a hardcore band, and evolved into POS. Evolved into marijuana death squads. Yeah. Evolved into Ryan Olsen and Gangs, which is like R&B. Yeah. Like everything kind of goes everywhere there, and everyone wants to try everything. Nobody's like, well, I'm in a rock band, so I could never work with a rapper right. you know but Minneapolis is home of the collaborations for me like everyone there is super collaborative yeah. and I think it's because it gets so cold you can't <laughs> like <laughs> what, what are you gonna, gonna do? do you know it's like well I guess I'll I guess I'll try to make a beat tonight and, you know or I guess I'll join a punk band I guess like rapping isn't doing too well let me just join a punk band real quick and what do you want to do next what's uh, something that you've wanted to try that you haven't yet I definitely am singing more, which is something yeah. like I was a rapper first and learning how to sing has been the journey of my life, of my career. I've been in a rock band. I've been in girl groups. I've done R&B. I've done rap. So I don't really know how much more I can do. <laughs> but um, I'm sure my flute will have something to do yes, with that. Yes, I was just about to ask. Yeah. I play <laughs> flute on Coconut Oil, the song. I'm so proud of Sasha Flute. Like she just really, she shines. She she got to shine. Mm -hmm.
Uh, and coconut oil feels like uh, it feels sonically and content-wise like like a little bit of a like personal homecoming. Would you agree with like totally? Coconut oil is the epitome of self-care, which is like I think um, a notion that like people are ju- a notion that people are just kind of discovering. They're like, wait a second guys in this in this age of like uh real time instant gratification and this age of like you know you're constantly on your cell phone and constantly traveling you have to take care of yourself and i think we've all forgotten how to do that because we're just going 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 i did too and so coconut oil is like literally every morning i I, i'm moisturizing myself and that's my self-care and coconut oil embodies that uh, journey so yeah self-care is like the final f- the next frontier i won't say the final because there's always more oh my god <laughs> well we hope there's lots more from yeah. you lizzo thank you so much thank you this was great oh uh, yay yeah. i do my head toss check my nails baby how you feeling head toss check my nails baby how you feeling or rap just makes me feel positive and I need positive we all need it right now plus I love the idea that Minneapolis was the catalyst for Lizzo to bring all her influences together in one place and after listening to her I realized we've done 58 episodes and no one has talked about the importance of location in their work but really it has such an effect like I know tons of artists who live in Austin who would tell you that this town totally shapes the music that they make. So thank you, Lizzo, for the positive, for the life, and for something new. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by David Sanger and me, Elizabeth McQueen, with help from Art Levy, Peter Babb, and Taylor Wallace. The interviews with Banks and Steels and Lizzo were recorded by Jake Perlman. Taylor Wallace curates our Instagram account and does an awesome job. You should check it out. Our handle is at this song KUTX. Kelly Seal is our most amazing intern. And we want to thank Deidre Gott and Peter Babb for everything they do for this podcast. And yes, it's true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Our handle is at this song KUTX. You can follow KUTX, the station where we make this podcast. Their handle is at KUTX. You can like us on Facebook and you can subscribe to this song along with the other KUTX podcasts, the Austin Music Minute, Liner Notes, and Song of the Day on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Mm